Stuff Podcasts. So I love um, choosing art artwork and also the lightings because those ones can create huge impact and they are really the anchor items and I design around those items. So it can all tie in together. That's Hannah Kang, who's done DIY magic on two beautiful old villas in Wellington and says it's totally possible to do your own interior design. This episode is about paint, paper, decor and style, the finishing touches that cap off any reno project. Kylie Klein Nixon, and this is First Run Reno 101, a Stuff Home podcast brought to you with support from Rosine. I'm Joe Davis, and as well as hearing from Hannah, Kylie catches up with interior designer Carly Lloyd, who is doing her best to banish beige interiors. Think about three colours that you actually really love and try and incorporate those through the home. And I also get inspired by Auckland artist and upcycler Maiku Nagao. If I saw them at a store, I would want to desperately buy them. But first, here's some more jargon decoded by DIY enthusiast Glenn Cousins. Today I'm going to introduce you to two less common terms, acceptable solution and universal design. You may or may not hear them in your reno journey, but the linguist in me just likes them, so listen up. Acceptable solution sounds like the slacker's version of doing a job just barely rough enough. But in fact, it has a specific meaning. It's a design solution deemed to comply with the building code that is pre-approved and so has fewer compliance costs associated. Whew, nobody likes compliance costs. The other term is universal design, which sounds like something you might see in any home anywhere in the world, from Heidi's hut in the Swiss Alps to an Inuit igloo to a good old Kiwi batch. Actually, universal design means things that are made to be accessible to people at all ages and stages, and abilities and disabilities. That sounds like a more than acceptable solution. Tasman-based interior designer Carly Lloyd has loved creating cozy personal spaces since she was a wee kid rearranging her bedroom. Now she does just that for a living and join me to chat about the key elements of finishing off a room. You know, our homes are, are our haven. We come home to them and we should feel we should feel nourished by them and inspired. So, yeah, different lens now. Mm, yeah, yeah, very different lens, isn't it? Mm. So um, what sort of things should you think about doing to maximise the impact of your interior design? Yes, I guess it's looking at um, the house as a whole and everyone's at different stages of um, the renovation process, whether you've had a new build or you've got an old house that you want to do, do things up. I think it's looking at it in small steps. I've talked to a lot of people and worked with a lot of people who... Looking at the whole house, it is just, it's it's too much and it's too hard. And if you do look at the whole it's house. It's overwhelming, isn't it? Overwhelming mm. and you just don't start. And that's where it comes down to the function. So um, we have a two-year-old and I love being on the ground playing with him with his trains and his toys and being comfortable because mm. that's the phase of life we're in. Um, so carpet was really important to us and having a lounge that we could all gather and be in um, that was the function that we needed to work on first. So we overhauled our living area. We put brand new carpet down. And I think that's made a huge difference to the way we live. So I think looking at function first and how your home functions, not just for you, but for um, your partner and your children, so they've got places to escape to, um, is actually really important before you start looking at 
things like the colour and the really lovely things like the plants and the and the artwork. Mm, so mm. function first, yeah. then then move to to the good stuff, which I like. I like doing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fun stuff. <laughs> talk, talk to me about things like lighting. Okay, so lighting I think is one of those things that gets missed off a wee bit. You can do up an interior space and it looks just beautiful. Um, and then it comes to nighttime, you pull the curtains and you flick on a downlight or a single pendant and the space just doesn't feel mm, right. Mm. Downlights are really important for your task lighting when you are on the ground playing with your kids or if you're, um, you know, during meal times when you need a bit more lighting. But put in those big pendants as well with a dimmer that you can sort of flick the mood a wee bit or have your task lighting, your mm, lamps. Mm. Your lamps are so important. They just change the room. I guess that's where it comes into speaking with an interior designer about things like cool lighting and warm lighting um, and how they affect mm. the feeling of a room and affect the colours that you've used in the house. So it's really important to think about, about that before your builder comes in or before you start making changes because it's a little bit too late when you know, you've only got one light switch. The costs right. come when you have to make changes further down the track. So yeah, I, I right. love lighting. I think it can really ruin a space if you don't have effective lighting. You know, there's some amazing lights out there. They, you know, they, they yeah. are like artwork. They are really like artwork, yeah. you know. Yeah, they can be yeah. a piece of art in the in Beautiful, the room, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And, um, and lamps are very cosy as well. I don't, they I don't are, think aren't they? People don't underestimate how cosy lamp, lamp nice, light can yeah. be. Now. Nice warm lighting with a lamp in the corner. You can never have too many. One of the big things I talk with clients is that, particularly with colour, because that's my, that's my niche, um, I love helping people incorporate colour into their into their homes is I get clients to choose three colours. That's just not sort of on a whim, like, yeah, I like pink, green and orange. You need to have a discussion with your family members and your husband or your partner and think about three colours that you actually really love and try mm. and incorporate those through the home. So when it comes to choosing your paint colours and choosing your, your duvets and your wall colours, you go back to those three colours so it doesn't become so overwhelming. So you might see this beautiful red and orange cushion, but it doesn't fit into the colour scheme of your home. So don't get it. Mm. <laughs> don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I always say, have a conversation and do a bit of research and, you know, find your three colours. What do you what do you like? The other thing that kind of overwhelms people a little bit is is when you can and can't or how you use pattern as well to sort of bring a little bit more interest into the room. I think people are afraid, afraid to use it in case they get it wrong. But if you look at, mm. I think the big thing is that, you know, your home is yours. Um, so you're the one who, you are the one who needs to feel comfortable living in it. So we shouldn't worry so much about what other people think. So if it's a pattern that you really love, um, and that's where it comes back to those three colours though, and it's something that ties in with that colour palette, then mm. it will work. It, um, if you're not a colour or a pattern you know, lover um, and it's a new thing for you, I tend to stick with um, plain duvets and plain um, curtains or blinds because mm-hmm. they're the kind of big purchases that I think are a nice neutral background and try and incorporate your colour and your pattern through you know, your soft furnishings, um, your, maybe your plant holders, your pillows, your wallpapers, if you want to take a big, a big bold move. Mm. Wallpapers are good. And if, if you hate it in a couple of years' time, you know, you can take it down. It's not a, it's not a, big, a big thing. The, the quality of wallpapers now is so good. I'd start with pattern um, on the walls and in soft furnishings and, and tie it back into that colour palette. So stick with it. So, for example, in our house we use dark blue, dark green and light pink and I try and tie everything back into those three colours so that the house feels harmonious and, you know, it's a, it's a whole but each room 
is its own space and own has its own character and personality. What about artwork and plants or other elements, sort of like your your objects and stuff? Yeah. So those kind of things are, are I feel, are a bit of a journey. Don't nip out to your local homeware store and load your cart up just to complete a space. Um, that's mm. it's a process, and I think that everything we bring into our house, we need to. Um, we need to use it, we need to love it, and it needs to hold special memories for us. So artwork in particular, um, something that my husband and I do is we got to our first wedding anniversary, which from memory was paper, and um, we found this amazing print of Wellington. It was a Wellington Airport sort of art print, and we bought that, got it framed, and that was our first piece of art. And then we kind of looked at it and thought that would be a really cool um, little ritual each year to do, um, to buy a piece of art on every wedding anniversary. So we've just had our 10 years and we've got 10 amazing pieces of art that, you know, they kind of mean something to us and they show mm-hmm. um, where we were in our life when we bought them, the kind of the phases we were at um, and where we were. And they're really significant. And every time I walk past each of those, it kind of brings back memories memories for us. So it kind of um, adds layers to your interior. Does, what about plants? Because oh, I plants think there's, so a, there's a huge <laughs> thing. Yeah, they're, they're oh, great, aren't they? They are. They just make a house feel alive. So, you know, how many? How many is too many? It's not. There's <laughs> never too many plants. <laughs> My husband would disagree with me on that one, but there's never too many plants. Um, as long as you've got a space for them and you, um, and you look after them, then bring them in. And I think as a minimum, there should be one in every single room. They purify the air. They, they look good. Um, they're very easy to maintain instead of um, your bunches of flowers, which, you know, will die after a week or so. They just add an extra dimension. And I really noticed it. Like we've spent the last six months um, renovating our mapua, our mapua home. It was a bit of a doer-upper. And we've had the plants out of the house, you know, for, for a long time. And as you kind of bring mm. them back in, you realise how much depth they add to a space and how they complement the space and how good they look against the, the coloured walls. So Pinterest and Instagram have got a huge place in interiors because they are so visual. Um, and mm. Pinterest, I think, is super important if you are about to mm. embark on a renovation. Go through your feed and just start start pinning. And over time, actually very quickly, you will start to see patterns emerge that you keep you keep pinning these pink tiles and you keep pinning this coloured grout or you keep pinning these white tiles or, you know, the, you know, the patterns emerge and it might show very clearly that, you know, pattern, pattern as in the, the patterns that we use in the house, is mm. is not for you. You would prefer to have just plain coloured walls or whatnot. So, and I think if you do employ an interior designer, they will ask for you to... Um, to you know, share a Pinterest board so that right. so try that, and create a kind of yeah, a mood board. You know, you can tell uh, you can tell someone what your style is and um and what you like, but visuals give you you know everything. Things like blogs, like the Design Files from Australia. That's a fabulous, fabulous um blog. Um, they are, just showcase homes that are beautiful. Doesn't even really describe them. They're just they're something else. You need to you definitely need to sign up to that. Um, and follow them on Instagram. They yeah. have got some amazing, amazing things. You can't go past a good op shop. <laughs> but in terms of shopping, and Nelson, um, yeah. where we're based, has got um, a lot of them. They, you know, if you've got a vision um, and you can see past, you know, doing it up and and whatnot, then op shops are fabulous. What is your kind of number one tip? Just start. Yeah, just start and find somewhere you want to start um, with one room. If it's like I said at the beginning, if you look at the whole the house as a whole, which you need to, you need to look have a vision for the house. But start with one room, 
and do one room up and it gives you the motivation and the sort of like, oh, this is actually really good and it, you know, it costs so much and I think we could probably move on to the next room. Um, but just begin. We asked builder Peter Wolfkamp for his top tips for renovators based on his 30 plus years in the industry. I'm going to be really cheeky when you ask me for three tips for a renovation and just say that they are planning, planning and planning. I think for a lot of people, particularly homeowners who are going to be doing work that they're actively involved in, right? So they might say, I'm going to contract the builder, I'm going to contract the plumber, the electrician, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm going to manage it all. Don't underestimate the work that goes into managing your own projects. You, By all means, do it, but you need to be super well organised and you need to be constantly talking to your subbies because our pathway through this project is really, really important and, and knowing all of the steps as well. I, I met someone a little while ago who builds houses basically for charity, right, and then sells them and gives the money away. And, and she manages these and she said there's 2,000 questions per house is how she figures it out. So, you know, if you're going to take on your own renovation, be prepared to answer 2,000 questions and you need to know the answers. Hannah Kang has taken on two big reno projects, both villas well over 100 years old. I started by asking her how she defines her style. So my style is modern classic. So I've been a big fan of quite modern contemporary style. Until I bought my first house and I was really fascinated by all the beautiful details came with the periodic houses. So I tried to incorporate these um, classic details with my modern interpretation. Mm. So yeah, that's my style. Yes, and the how and and where do you like where do you get your ideas from? Do you read magazines? Are you a Pinterest fan? Is it just yeah? So I get ideas and inspirations from traveling. So just um walk into shops and cafes and hotels, and I just look around and just pay attention to their furnishings or decorations and layout and lightings. Um, but because I haven't been able to travel lately, um. I've been traveling virtually on Instagram. <laughs> That's been one of my main um, inspiration lately. Oh, that's great. You've got a variety of sources. And you um, post to Instagram yourself, don't you? What's your handle there? Yeah, that's right. So I like sharing my experience because I know there are lots of DIY um, design enthusiasts and renovators out there. So I like sharing my journey, like what I have done and just share some ideas. Yeah, oh, great. It's reddoor.villa, isn't it? I'm sure people want to follow you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> have you got any particular colours that you use time and again? Um, so yeah, I love using um, neutral colours to create big canvas first. So any large areas like walls or flooring, I tend to use some neutral colours. So often white colored words or quite dark flooring. So one of my favorite color is um, black, white or sea fog from resin paints um, for the walls. So once I create some nice clean blank canvas with neutral colors, then I play some colors um, to have some fun. So like I throw some yellow or pink or some vibrant colors. 
um, with like soft furnishing cushions or bed throws or decorative items. Um, and those are quite easy to replace once you want to just freshen up the look um, or change to a different style. And are there elements that you always try to include in a room? I have seen, um, I think, the lounge in your current house is your beautiful artwork and house plants and are there things like that that you always try to include? I love um, choosing art, artwork and also the lightings because those ones can create huge impact and they are really the anchor items and I design around those items so it can all tie in together. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's great. That's how you start for each one. Are there places that you shop that you love to frequent? Um, so yeah, I love just um, randomly popping into the local furniture shops. Um, so some of my favorite stores will be Cheetah Design or Freedom Furniture or Nude um, or just a little decorative um, interior shops locally. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your projects with us and um, we'll have to direct people to look at some photos as well. So we'll put those online. You're deep in DIY, but your paint can still be professional. Check out Resine for your Renault project. Of course, getting the paint finish right matters too. Jay Sharples from Resine has more than a few tips up his sleeves. Hi, Jay from Resine, and my top tips are top tip number one preparation. It's the one thing that everyone tries to skip, but done well it'll just make your job so much easier it really is worthwhile spending the extra time to make sure the surface that you're painting is prepared as well as it can be even if it's just meaning to clean it don't paint over cobwebs dirt grime mold too many people do it and it will cause issues with the top coat top tip number two is make sure you've got the right product and the right tools for the job all our products will have recommendations for the roller sleeve to use. So if you're going to buy a good quality product, make sure you're using the best tool to apply it because it will affect the finish if you use a cheaper roller sleeve. Top tip number three is make sure you clean and maintain the painted surface once you finish. Everyone seems to be happy to clean their car once a week, but they won't clean their house once a year. And just by doing that, it will make a big difference to how long the paint system will last and how good the property looks. Artist Maiko Nagao loves a project. She shares her ideas with Kylie, talking texture, palettes, and not being afraid of a little gingham. So hi, Maiko. Thanks for coming on the show. No worries. It's good to be here. So um, you have just completed a big remodeling and reno job on your your kitchen and, and living area. Tell us a little bit about that. This time round, so there's Reno 1 and Reno 2. Um, I've just completed Reno 2, which was an extension. So um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a new uh, dining kitchen and lounge that uh, was extended onto our Art Deco brick original home. Yeah. And that's the, the, the first home you bought together with your, your husband, isn't it? Yes, that's right, yeah. Back when you first moved in, you did a smaller scale renovation to, to sort of make it more livable for you and your, your family, didn't you? Well, basically, we only had about $12,000 left over um, after we purchased the house, so that was our budget. Um, and so, 
yeah, pretty much um, just used paint where we could. We stripped back the carpet and there was Rimu under there. So we sanded our Rimu floors ourselves and took down a few walls. But yeah, basically paint and um, we had to get really creative. Yeah, so I, yeah. I noticed that you used um, you used stick-on tiles, didn't you, to, yes, in the kitchen right. and things like yeah. that. It looked really yeah. effective, didn't it? Yeah, so we, we basically, um, our plan was to to make do with what what we had really for a couple of years until we were able to save again um, to to renovate properly, I guess. When you were doing the kind of the budget version, yeah, um, what were some of the little finishing touches? The the the, the owners that um, that pre owned the house before we bought it, they were an elderly couple and they had literally done nothing to the house. So everything was, well, it's a 1947 Art Deco home. So amazing, it had beautiful character, but you know, the, the walls were yellow and, you know, the carpet was just, you could tell they hadn't. Um, uh, they hadn't um, relayed the carpet or anything like that since the 1940s, you know. So basically mm. we just st- stripped everything back. We made it um, all bright white um, and we wanted just a blank canvas, I guess, and then we um, sort of started adding to it. But, yeah, heaps of paint and um, took down some walls for for a nice flow. Mm, um, because mm. again, because it's an Art Deco, really old home, there were some really strange layouts. Like um, to, to get to the kitchen, you had to go through the dining room and then there was a door into a corridor and you had to go left and then right into the kitchen. So, well, basically we got rid of all that. And mm. just because um, it's a small house as well, we just wanted a, an airy, beautiful like light flow. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's sort of something that we wanted to create. That was, that was the first thing we did. And the, the fireplace is probably one of the features that if, if anyone see, um, follows you on Instagram will have seen your beautiful rustic-looking fireplace. Um, so that was, seems like sort of a lot of bang for very little buck there. We did think about um, getting rid of it, and I don't even know why we even considered it. But anyway, it was way too <laughs> expensive, so we kept it, and we thought, okay, how can we make this a feature? So basically we... we um, we got rid of some of the 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 um, the newer bricks that was around it. it had a strange mm-hmm. sort of mantle, and so we got rid of that. And then there was this beautiful original brick bricks um, behind it. So we kept that, and then we got a beautiful Cowrie ex villa um, mantle um, on Trade Me for a dollar. Then we painted it and we stuck that on, and and then we were just like, wow, this makes our house. Um, so yeah, that's. That's sort of what happened and we got quite lucky there. I'm really sad to see it go because it's gone now. <laughs> so you made a few little pieces of furniture as well, haven't you, lately, and a few decorative items as well. Well, I've always loved creating and upcycling. Is I guess that's how I fill my cup. Mm. It's actually been really nice to get back to being able to have the time to create pieces like that. And I think a lot of my followers on Instagram have been quite inspired by it too, which is really cool. So it's just basically I had these two... Um, beautiful wooden um, nesting tables but the legs were you know not really my style anymore it's just Mm. so I got rid of those and got some really nice not really nice sorry but PVC pipes actually from Mike the 10 um, that we cut them and stuck them on and painted them and and I'm absolutely in love with them like if I saw them at a store I would want to desperately buy them (laughs) (laughs) they've kind of looked like those marble pillar legs don't they yes 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 quite on trend at the moment yes yes, exactly all over instagram at the moment yeah yeah and they must have cost you 
significantly less. Yes, it was <laughs> like those forty dollars or something like that. Um, yeah, and I'm in love with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it's like trying to find new ways or look at look at sort of other things in new ways that you can repurpose. That's one of the big things for you, isn't it? Recycling, exactly. repurposing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not just going out there and you know buying new furniture or whatever, but just just I guess focusing on what we have. What do we have that we no longer use or have its um, purpose, and then and then. Yeah, coming up with an idea to make it um, exciting again. So what advice would you give to to first-time owners who are looking, you know, their their budgets are going to be really tight and they're looking to just add their, put their own mark on their brand new home. What are sort of the first things that you would, you would suggest they do? So I guess um, for me, um, key um, big pieces like say the lounge, um, uh, the couch and, you know, dining tables, and the big pieces, I would keep quite um, neutral. Um, so, you know, they're the expensive pieces. So, so, mm. So keep them quite neutral, and then and then you can add color and texture and fun and your personality mm. with cushions and art. You know those are the pieces that don't mm. cost as much. And you know if they if you feel like you want to update your your home, then you know that doesn't cost as much. You know to to update. Mm. So so cushions and baskets and. Um, throws and even rugs and and vases you can upcycle old ones if if you really loved pink before but now you love the terracotta then paint them you know (laughs) that's exactly what I do yeah um but yeah so so and mix up your pieces so you might have some really lovely old vintage pieces but you might have some Kmart you know um pieces too just mix them up and have lots of texture like woven baskets and plants and and, and just make it you I guess and if you create your home with pieces you love then it would never go out of style you know I love that I absolutely love that yeah if you keep a limited palette it's easier to keep control of it as well isn't it but then you can add that texture and get and get and get the interest into the to the room exactly, that way. Exactly. So. Yeah. Mm. Like actually, at our house they're all very um, neutral. Um, we have very um, like earthy, earthy colours because I guess you know colours of nature all go so well together. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got you know the, the olive greens and we've got the terracottas, the um, you know the beiges and the whites and the yeah just earthy colours and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then I'm really loving the stripes and the gingham, you know, and the checkered mm. sort of patterns. So, mm. so um, I recently upcycled a little a little glass jar and I painted it gingham with um, like terracotta colours, and that's just really made my house exciting, you know. So you can <laughs> you can do that as well, yeah. Yeah. So there's sort of nothing to stop people finding very inexpensive pieces at op shops and then, you know, using a little bit of, yeah, plaster and paint to, to make them Absol- into something really... Absolutely, yeah. yeah, I love that and it just makes it mm. so much more exciting. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, no Michael. Worries. It's just been lovely talking to you. Nice to talk to you too. So that's given us plenty of ideas for working on the aesthetics, which seems to me to be the most fun part of renovating. Next week, we catch up with folks who love the whole shebang. That's serial renovators turned developers Alice and Caleb Pearson, who are now on their 11th reno project. We also catch up with Katie Pitwood, who sold the home where she discovered a hidden slice of Kiwi musical history and is now on the hunt for her next reno. 
and I sit down with Scott Brown, who you may know from his insanely popular YouTube channel, Scott Brown Carpentry. We also pick the brains of house flipper Tom Fay, who has six houses on the go at the moment. Until then, this is First Rung Reno 101. I'm Joe Davis. And I'm Kylie Klein-Nixon. Shout out to our editor, Jack Price. And thanks also to our sponsors, Resine, New Zealand Made Paints for New Zealand Made Homes. You can find First Rung on all the podcast platforms. We really want to hear how your Reno is going. So drop us a line at homed at stuff.co.nz. Happy, Happy renovating! renovating.